0: The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This
1: is Amtower Off-Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of government contracting. Amtower Off-Center with your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off-Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. Uh, I have another yet special guest today, uh, and I want to lead into this by saying, you know, everybody who listens to me knows that I spend an inordinate amount of time on LinkedIn. So I'm cruising through my connections, and for some reason I end up at Tim Simon's uh, profile. Uh, Tim works for Cisco and he is a digital marketing guru there. Um, but I'm looking at his profile and I'm going, "Damn, this is good." <laughs> so I sent him a note and said, "Man, your profile. You know, I help people improve their profiles. This doesn't need any improvement. This is dead on the money." And he says, "Well, Judy helped me I said, "Judy, who?" He said, "Judy Schram. You don't know her?" I'm going, "Well." Kinda, I mean, we've been connected for a while, but that doesn't necessarily mean I know her. So now I do, and here she is, Judy. Welcome to the show.
0: It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Thank you for coming in to Washington D.C. on oh, what a lovely time to drive into town. There isn't a good time. So.
0: Uh, no, it was a piece of cake today.
1: <laughs> oh, good for you. Maybe um, I, I had my Google made me change directions three times coming from Columbia. I hate when that happens. So um, tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what Pro Resource does in our universe.
0: I would be happy to. Uh, so I'm the CEO of a social media marketing agency called ProResource, and we're an unusual agency in that where most agencies specialize in working with corporations and brands, we work with individual executives. And we help them create a strong personal presence in social media, primarily LinkedIn, and then use that social presence towards their business goals to make faster progress. And so we work um, with a lot of technology CEOs, uh, especially in smaller companies. At larger companies like Cisco and VMware, we work with uh, vice presidents and directors.
1: Oh, cool. You work with Christina Morrison, by any chance, over at VMware?
0: No. Okay.
1: She's, she's my guest lecturer tonight in my, oh. uh, my graduate huh. class. Cool. So, uh, yeah, we, we've spoken together a number. She was the first person uh, that I saw in the government market that had the title Social Media Manager.
0: Oh, that's and great. And this was
1: like 10 years ago when she was at HP. So very cool lady, very bright lady. So, uh, so you know, I'm, I'm looking at, uh, at, at Tim's profile, and I was really impressed. I mean, down to, you know, the length of the paragraph so you can read it on a mobile device, uh, the word-per-idea ratio. So he told <laughs> a story really well, but he told it very tightly because you only have so many characters in each spot on LinkedIn. Right. So my, my theory is that all competent people have uh, both a country song and a good story in them. <laughs> and the question becomes whether or not the song gets sung in public And the story gets told in public so that's right but for business people how you get from point a to point b is really very important if you're going to start building credibility and and you apparently have done that with a variety of people
0: we have we have and and one of the reasons we like to help people is because it is so hard to do this for yourself you know, when you're writing a summary on your LinkedIn profile, you want to be writing about what matters to you, what your passion is, what your vision for your career is. And and when people sit down with a kind of a blank slate and, and think, what am I going to write? Even people with the most impressive careers just get writer's block. Whereas uh, when they work with a writer, like our writers, it's you, they just get on the phone and they talk. And and they tell stories, and then the writer organizes what they say and and puts a hook on it, and and then um, makes it tight and compelling, and and so it's them, but it, without them having to do the work and without them having to, you know, figure out how they want to organize things and and polish it.
1: That and the fact that you know a lot of people out there still are saying. Well, gee, you know, I shouldn't do that because that'll look like bragging. Well, you know, (laughs) it ain't bragging if you'd done it.
0: Exactly. You know? I I was
1: listening to Montgomery Gentry on the way in, so I'm talking funny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I just did two blog posts about this, as a matter of fact, because one of our clients was uh, kept saying, you know, I don't want to brag. And, and we were saying, well, you, you've done this. It's, you're not bragging. It's, you're being transparent. Yeah. It's allowing people to see who you really are. It, you know, hiding your light under a bushel doesn't do anyone any good. And, and when you are authentic about who you are and transparent and allow people to see your personality and your track record, then it draws people who want exactly that right to you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, Diogenes is out there with his lamp walking around. (laughs) If your lamp's not on, he's going to walk by. Um,
0: You know, there's too much noise online to to hide yourself.
1: That and the fact that so many people without credentials claim that thought leader, subject matter, area, mantle. And um, then you start trying to find depth and it just isn't there.
0: Right, I, you know, uh, well, a lot of people I think want to be thought leaders because there's there's <laughs> there's a lot of data around the value of it, right? It, yeah. You know, the Hinge uh, Marketing Group has uh, some data showing that uh, thought leaders can charge 14 times what uh, a regular professional charges, and so if you think about what a professional charges, multiply that by 14, that's a considerable jump. Yeah. And and so people want to be seen as thought leaders, but Wanting to be a thought leader and actually being a thought leader are two different things,
1: right? You know, it it takes um, number one an incredible amount of of knowledge and experience. So it does. You can be a subject matter expert and live in your parents' basement. Again, if you're not turning <laughs> on the light, nobody's going to find you, right? So you're sitting down there with your bottle of Dr Pepper, eating cheese, it's being the brightest person in the universe, and who cares? But you know, the people that turn on the light, and you know. It's kind of a vacuum behind the light that irritates the heck out of me.
0: Huh. Well, I, you know, so it, it's kind of funny that you that you mentioned this because we were talking about it this morning. You know, what 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 makes uh, an expert versus what makes a thought leader, and you know, uh, put all the heads in the room into it, and and what we came out with was that you know to be to be an expert, you have to have um, you have to make it easy for people to see where your expertise came from. Right. You know, I mean, there are things that people, you know, living on a couch in their parents' basement drinking Dr. Pepper can be an expert on, but, you know, government marketing is not one of those things. Yeah. You, you know, you have to have, um, have had jobs in the field. You have to have had um, opportunities to be part of projects, to interact with people, other people who are experts. You know, and and you can make that visible on your LinkedIn profile, and and to really be seen as an expert, you have to have, um, have put in the work, and you have to make that work visible. Yeah. And and it, you know, LinkedIn is designed for doing things like that.
1: Yeah. My my personal take on the thought leader, SME differentiator is, just about anybody can build themselves over a career into a subject matter expert. And in pretty much any field, you know, I've, I've seen a couple in like fields like window washing. There's yep. just, you know, no, there's just no boundary there. But the difference to me, for me, between a subject matter and a thought leader is a thought leader is a mantle temporarily bestowed by a community on an exactly. individual. It's not a lifetime uh, right. gig unless you're busting your ass every day. So, uh, for me, a prime example. Are you familiar with the work of Michael Porter? No. At Harvard, he he's this ultra guru on strategy, and you know, McKinsey reads his stuff, right. and you know, Boston Consulting, blah blah, on and on. Nobody understands him. One of his <laughs> acolytes had to write a book called Understanding Michael Porter. I'm going, you know, because I, I bought two of his books and I get like two – big. It was like reading uh, uh, Bertrand Russell's Principia Mathematica, right? It's like 10 people in the world who can read this thing, um, and I'm not one of them. <laughs> so part of it, and, and this goes back to Hinge again, because Lee's very adamant about this. A thought leader, a subject matter expert, is somebody who can explain things in understandable terms, regardless of how complex they might be.
0: Right. That's that's what we think, too, that um, thought leader uh, shares their knowledge and is respected by other thought leaders. So, you know, if you want to put it in terms of how do you make that visible on LinkedIn, you want to be blogging or doing videos or something that shares your knowledge. And then you also want to be interacting with other people who have this same or similar areas of expertise yep. and allow people to see that they know who you are. They are respected. You, you know, you are respected by them and, and that, um, and that you're giving back, you're adding, you're taking what they share and you're adding your own insights. You're building on it. And, and that's what makes people. Right. So if, if like. you
1: want to be a subject matter expert, job number one is to know your stuff inside out. Right. Job number two is to differentiate. Job number three is to network with other subject matter experts in your area of expertise. Exactly. You know, I get, you know, I'm going to get juiced out of this. When I have, you know, conversations with Lee, I get juiced. I had uh, Danielle Brigida from uh, uh, Fish and Wildlife on a few weeks she ago. She was great. Was she I cool enjoyed or that. what? We yes. were geeking. Oh, man, that was a blast. Uh, and this is a blast. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. I'm only on the first bullet point in my notes of things to talk about, so we shall return. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 a.m. I'm here with Judy Schram, the uh, CEO of ProResource. It's one word, ProResource. ProResource.com, ProResource on LinkedIn Judy Schram on LinkedIn, S-C-H-R-A-2-M's. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we were talking between takes. We've both been on LinkedIn for 14 years now. Most people didn't even know it existed 14 years ago. That's and right. we found ourselves in a, in a very similar spot way back when, and that was, all right, I'm here, nothing's happening. Uh, I think I'll sit here and wait for something to happen. So... Uh, what got and people who listen to my show have heard my end of the story a number of times. So, what got you moving on LinkedIn, and what attracted you to build your business around social?
0: Well, so what what brought me to LinkedIn is uh, that I was watching my kids on Facebook, and uh, at that time, you were only allowed to join Facebook if you could prove you were attending uh, college University, or yeah. or high school. Yeah. yeah. And so my kids were in high school, they were able to prove that they were in high school and they were on Facebook and they were having a great time. And I heard about LinkedIn and I thought, you know, what the heck, I'll join it. And, um, you know, I was actually one of the first 100,000 members, which gets me exactly nothing. I I bet you were too. No, Um,
1: number 224,455. Okay. (laughs) First quarter million. Impressive,
0: (laughs) impressive. and. So uh, so I did not do a whole lot with it at first. I was running my own business. I wasn't looking for a job. And it began as a resume database. But I thought, you know, it looks interesting. This seems to be a, a new trend. And, and let me play with it a little bit. And uh, I did not do anything significant with it for a couple of years. Uh, what happened was uh, we were working with some clients who... Um, You know, uh, we had the recession back then. I I
1: seem to recall.
0: (laughs) And we had clients who were. People
1: hate consultants during recessions, by the way.
0: Well, and (laughs) and they're not big fans of marketing. They just want sales. And and so we had clients who had uh, severely restricted their marketing budgets. And we had the option of buying a list or marketing to the list which, you know, was not a good choice. And so out of desperation, we thought, you know, I wonder if we could just get on LinkedIn and build a list because we're selling to uh, the client, you know, clients were selling to it people and it people were well represented on LinkedIn. So 15%
1: of the population on LinkedIn. Yeah.
0: That's great. And so we, we discovered that we could, in fact, build lists. We could, you know, not massive lists, but small lists, and we could market to them, and it was cost-effective, and, and it worked. And so we just fell in love with LinkedIn and started doing more with it. And, you know, at first we were using it in the non-approved way. And, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hey, who reads over, the terms? <laughs>
0: <laughs> over, over the years, uh, LinkedIn and and what we wanted to do with LinkedIn have have aligned more closely. Mm-hmm. And w- we just love it.
1: It's, you know, it, it, it's difficult to overstate this. Um, you're B2B and some of your clients are B2G. I'm exclusively B2G. I just finished uh, in uh, uh, about two months ago my biannual uh, census of feds on LinkedIn and we broke two million feds on LinkedIn and you know we can slice and dice them by agency by sub agency by job title sometimes by function area sometimes by the contracts they manage which helps a lot of the That's people useful. that I work with yeah um, so there's there's a lot of things that you can do but let's let's um, Let's talk about uh, uh, building a presence on LinkedIn because you know having a placeholder, you know your name on a profile that says nothing, is uh, not really waste. what you want to do.
0: Right, right. It's a missed opportunity, and uh, you know so for most of the people we work with, they're they're senior executives, they're powerful people, and they have a strong real world presence. And, and and yet, a lot of times when you Google them, and people do Google them, you, you know, you come to the LinkedIn profile because typically the LinkedIn profile is the number one or two number two search result, and and you go, and there's nothing there. And I've had CEOs say, well, I'm not looking for a job, so I didn't think I needed to be on LinkedIn. Well, you're so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> It's, You you know, especially since the Microsoft acquisition, your LinkedIn profile is your professional presence online and people Google you and and people look you up before meetings. And and it's if you are not taking the opportunity to feed people what you want them to know about you before they meet with you, you are missing a big opportunity and. You know, for for some of these executives, one of the things I like to talk about is how how you save time with LinkedIn. You know, a lot of people think that putting you know social media takes hours and hours and hours, and you know you don't get anything out of it. And and uh, again, that's just not right. What we've seen is that if you put on your LinkedIn profile, what you want people to know about you, what you're working on, what you care about, you let your personality come through. First of all, you attract people who want that. Second of all, people come to meetings with you better prepared. And so a story about that, we have a client that is, um, it's a 47 year old logistics company. And they're looking for their new generation of management, hired an expensive recruiting firm, and the recruiting firm was bringing them candidates. But they did not have a presence online very much at all and not on LinkedIn, period. And so they were spending the entire time they were interviewing people, telling them about the business, educating them. And what that meant was they were talking, they were not listening, <laughs> they weren't learning anything, and they were having trouble evaluating the candidates. And what they decided to do was to have strong LinkedIn profiles for each of the top executives so that people could do their homework before the meeting, come in prepared, not just knowing about the business, but having ideas. And that w- that allowed them to spend their time much more efficiently
1: and if they didn't do their homework that became apparent very quickly exactly so, exactly yeah and it, it's i about 4 not about 4 years ago i did my first uh um <clears throat> take on this uh i've done about 110 posts i guess on linkedin now uh but yeah. one of them is um the simple act of being on linkedin is marketing a good one and and it's it's one of my personal favorites because it it's so obvious, but so few people do anything about it. You know, right. if you're being vetted by you know potential employers, by future coworkers, by you know in my market, by government contracting officers, or the uh, internal IT staff that's looking for expertise. And if you aren't, you know, something as simple as keeping your certs up to date on your profile, if your certs aren't up to date and, and they, you say they are on your resume, what are they going to believe?
0: Right, right. And, and recruiting as well. You know, 35% of the workforce is millennials now. That's the largest group. And you know millennials are going to check you out in social media to see if you're the kind of boss they want to work for and and so you know this is again something you can where you can create your brand in social media and we were working with a Cisco executive who wanted to have more women he ran a technical team he wanted more women and more veterans well there was no way to know that right so he put that information on his profile and he talked about how it much it mattered to him how much it meant to him to see to see people grow in their careers to see women and veterans you know for the veterans transition into civilian life and then you know create a strong career for the women to be in a technical environment and and succeed at a at a very high level and that went on his profile his own marketing team hadn't known that about him you know but then they could they could start featuring mm. him and and you know it told people what he was looking for and if you tell people what you're looking for, you're a lot more likely to get it yeah
1: yeah and and you know I tell this to salespeople, especially when I'm coaching sales teams or individuals that if if you don't clearly you know have your goals in mind when you're writing your profile, what you want people to do when you when they read your profile, then you know, you're losing about 90 percent of what LinkedIn brings to the table. Something as simple as how do you want them to contact you? And is that in your summary? Is that clear, easy to find in your profile? My right. contact information shows up seven times in my profile.
0: You have a uh, long profile.
1: Too. I have a very long profile. <laughs> 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 Don't print it.
0: <laughs> how many pages is it now? Uh,
1: if you print it, it's about 60. Wow! But that, well, that's because...
0: Of all your but, recommendations. Yeah,
1: there, there's a few of those. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, I go back. My the favorite, my best job ever was being room dad in my daughter's pre-K. And I have that on LinkedIn. <laughs> and I have it as my favorite job. And it was. Hanging out job. with four-year-olds, reading stories twice a week. How cool was that? Pretty cool. It was fun. It, was, it pissed my wife off enough that she... Quit working so she could do the same thing. She went to work for me.
0: Well, that's a successful Four job. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so let's let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back after this. You're listening to Am Tower All Center on FederalNewsRadio.com at 1500 AM. We shall return. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here with Judy Schram of ProResource, ProResource.com. Find her on LinkedIn. It is Schram with C-H-R-A-M-M, S-C-H-R-A-M-M. Um, so we, we have this uh, wonderful marketing platform that we can play with. How do we populate it with information that makes – your uh, profile sticky?
0: So the first thing you want to think about is after somebody reads your profile, what do you want them to do next? So, you know, do, you, do they need an introduction to your business, a simple introduction? Do they need to appreciate the value of the new product that you're launching? Do you need to address certain uh, objections? Do you, you you know? Do you want to talk to a specific vertical? Right? What what is the next step? And that's the content that you should have on the profile. You don't want to have all your content on there. You you know, it's nice to have um, a range of things. But but you know, people in social media want to be in and they want to be out. And so, the easier you can make it for them to know what to do, the the better off you are. And so. We like to see things like, you know, an, uh, an overview data sheet or um, a, a customer quotes video, you know, or uh, a PowerPoint that talks about the issues, the problems that you've solved and, and uh, include that and then make sure in your contact information you have, you know, you're directing them to the next step as well.
1: Yeah. I have people who come to my profile, or they say they do, to go to Mark's activity because they're not following me on Twitter. You know, they don't know, you know when my columns come out in WashTech, tech, whatever. Uh, so my activity will reflect all of that because I'm not right. going to do something and not talk about it. Um, now, my activity will also be articles from 50 other people. So you have to go down a little bit to find stuff, but there's always interesting stuff there. But that brings me to actually a real point, which is the profile can be a destination. It can be an information source in itself.
0: Exactly, and so we see that a lot with people who are, are doing startups and maybe they don't have a website yet. We see that with people who are individual consultants. And maybe they can't justify building out a website because they're just getting their business off the ground or because they, you know, pretty much everything they have is on LinkedIn. You know, they don't necessarily need much of a a presence. As long as
1: there's contact method.
0: Right. Because because the advantage to LinkedIn is not only can you see what the person tells you about themselves, you can also see what other people think about them. And you're not going to find that on their website. So, you know, you can see who's in their network, you can see who they know that you know, you can see what people are, are doing with their content, and you can see whose content they're interacting with, and you can see their recommendations, you can see the skill endorsements. So it's a, it's a cluster of social proof, and, and at one glance, you can tell so much about a person just by looking at their profile, which is one of the reasons so many people go look at profiles.
1: Yeah, and, and for me, you know, if if somebody reaches out to me and says, you know, I'm X, Y, and Z in the government market, and then I look at their profile and we share two connections, I'm going, <laughs> you aren't even in this market. Right. You know, there's people in this market that I share 2,500 connections with. Um, they're hyper-connected, admittedly, but you in in this case, you are known and vetted by the people you're connected with you are and and you know sometimes when I see only 15 or 20 mutual connections I'll actually contact some of our mutual connections and say do you really know this person what do you think about them
0: right I, I mean it, you know if the connect you might have 10 20 connections in common if they're people you know well and you respect, Odds are pretty good that you're going to give that person a chance, at least a conversation. But Mm -hmm. if the people that you have in common are people you don't know well or people who are on the periphery of your network. Or people you're
1: considering jettisoning anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Then, you know, then they don't have the same, you know, you don't have the same respect off the bat.
1: Not everybody's weighted the same. Right. So, yeah. But but, so... um, we can embed content on the summary in yes. each of the job descriptions. Yes, uh, you can generate copy via the whatever they're calling pulse this week.
0: <laughs> long, long form, or we call them blog posts.
1: Yeah, they they are blog posts, but LinkedIn didn't say that. Um, so. Um, you can, you can embed it there, so you can actually write something and then an, embed a, a video in it, a white paper in it, whatever you want in it. Um, right. LinkedIn doesn't particularly like taking things off-site, but they don't restrict it.
0: No, no, and and don't forget video. Yeah, So oh, yeah,
1: link to your YouTube. Yeah, you oh,
0: know? Um, plus LinkedIn is doing a live video now, a sort of live video, and you know and they're prioritizing video in the news feed so if you if you want to take advantage of of uh, you know if you're comfortable doing videos you can get so, a lot of attention right now because linkedin's algorithm is is putting video first and and honestly most people are not doing it and a lot of people are not doing it well
1: no, i was going to say <laughs> the second first because um and and this you know Conversations around how to develop content. It's easier to to develop bad content than good content. Always. Anyone can develop content. You know, go back to the infinite number of monkeys and typewriters theory. Fiverr. Yeah. It. It's. uh, But. But getting people to do something that is not simply coherent but valuable.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I mean it's marketing 101. Yeah. You know, you have personas and and you're addressing issues with the personas and and yeah, it's it's about the quality.
1: Yeah. It's and it's always been Frank, from my point of view about the quality. And I'm I'm tired of people thinking that content is new. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> content it's not marketing has it's it's been with us new.
1: for a few weeks.
0: It, it, it has been. And it, you know and, and some of the cool things that LinkedIn is doing to help people push out their content um, are in the advertising platform. And um, we're so excited about what you can do in advertising now on LinkedIn. The sponsored content ads are uh, the workhorse of the ad uh, portfolio that they have. You can, and you can use those, to push out your blog posts to the exact people you want to reach, which which is powerful, mm-hmm. you know. If, if especially if you're targeting by job title, which so many of us are.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, in, LinkedIn should be able to break down by vertical industry, by function, job function within that industry, by geo. You know, it just goes on and on.
0: Geo, you can. Yes, you can. Do, you can do. Uh, What people studied in college, if that's useful. You can do age and gender. You can do – the geography is getting better and better, the targeting. And they have matched audiences now, which, which we're having a lot of fun with, where you can upload email lists and target those people you can upload company lists and then tell people what titles you want or what roles in those companies and you can put um, uh, what they call a conversion code on your website and you can advertise to people who've hit your website and and so those are all ways to really hone in on the exact people you want to reach and have a very organized coherent uh, you know buyer journey mapped mm-hmm. out.
1: So, and if I remember correctly, you recommend a cap on the spend.
0: We do. And, and so, uh, for us, we're, again, we're typically dealing with individual executives. Right. And the idea for them is they want to get their blog posts in front of the people who they're writing them to. And, and so what we uh, usually recommend is $500 a month, which is a, a pretty reasonable price point for a lot of people. We can do it for as little as three hundred, but when you get below three hundred, it you know it's it's Your just too small. Are a little spotty. Yeah,
1: yeah. So let's take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on FederalNewsRadio.com and 1500 AM. I'll be back with Judy to wrap up right after this. Welcome back to Tower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. It's a shame we can't package and sell the outtakes because there's a lot of uh – educated banter going on here so i'm learning some i'm learning some things that you can do on the paid side of linkedin that that i don't share with my clients because i don't work on the paid side of linkedin i'm 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 the building your profile kind of guy as is judy but but for companies she's gonna well she'll explain just a second so um anyway the outtakes were 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 great uh sorry you didn't hear them (laughs) Uh, maybe next time, <laughs> probably not. Uh, so you've got a couple of things that you do. Uh, start with a talent pool.
0: Okay. So the idea behind a talent pool is that if you need to grow your business quickly, you're going to need to hire fast, and, and hiring can take a while. So what you can do when you are aware that you're going to have to hire is you start building a talent pool on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And the way you do it is this. So you reach out to people who have the skills and the experience um, who would be ideal candidates for the, the kind of position you want to hire for. And, and so I'll just say that when we're talking to people, it's almost always they want a specific type of software developer, systems engineer, or they need a lot of salespeople. And and so both of those are, are really good Uh, groups to build a talent pool around. And and what you do is you identify people who are ideal, and then you introduce yourself to them. And you say, you know, I was doing a search on LinkedIn. Your profile came up. You have the characteristics of the kind of person we want to hire. Do you know of anyone who might be looking for a job? And the reason we do it like that is that, first of all, the best people are not looking for a job and so you can post your job but they're they're not looking for a job so they're never going to see it so if you tap them on the shoulder by introducing yourself on linkedin then you're bringing your job posting to their awareness and and so that has value by itself the second thing it does is it allows you to tap into their network so people know people like themselves so somebody who is ideally qualified probably knows other people who are ideally qualified. And when you tap that one on the shoulder, you're able to reach out into their network because they can do their friends and colleagues a favor by telling them about the job. And, and so you get some real leverage there. And the people you reach out to are fairly likely to connect with you. So what we see is that the average cold connection rate on LinkedIn right now is running right around 20%. At least that's what we're seeing. Uh, when you're doing a talent pool, lots of times you can get a 50% connection rate, and and so that means you've got a lot of people who are now connected to you, who are seeing your postings about your company, about your business, about the exciting things that are going on
1: about your needs,
0: about your needs, right? And and so you are building a relationship with them before you are, um, you know. Well, in advance of the hiring situation, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, so what that allows you to do then is you have this group of people. So ideally, you, f- you find somebody to fill your current open position. But you have also now built out potentially hundreds of people who have the characteristics you want so that when you need to hire fast, you can reach out to your network directly. And these are people who are now warm, who've heard about your business, who are excited about what you're doing. And so that shortens the hiring process for you.
1: Okay. Second item is your test matrix.
0: <laughs> yes. I love the test matrix. So when you are doing uh, marketing, when, especially when you're entering a new market or you're launching a new product, there are uncertainties and the um, you know lots of times there are multiple people who would benefit from what you have developed, and there are multiple reasons that they would get value from it. And so, uh, so the trick is, well, what do, you, what do you begin with? And obviously you can go with your best guess, but how much better to have data? So what we do is we do uh, what we call a test matrix, and you can think of it as a spreadsheet, with the personas, the buyer personas as rows, and then the different messages that you, the ways you might explain how you can solve problems for people, what your product does, at, are the columns. And uh, just to give you an idea of, of what the different messages might be, uh, for software, for example, uh, all software saves time, saves money, lets you do things you couldn't do before and it has cool features. And so one of those things is gonna be much more impressive to your target market than the other. And, and so when you test those on your buyer personas, you can find out who's most interested and what you need to say to get those people to engage with you. And, and what we often see is that one of the personas will respond at twice the rate of the others and one of the messages will be two to four times more effective than the others. And, and so you can imagine what that does to your marketing results. And, and so not only do you now know what persona and what message, you also know if the other personas are responsive, you know what they respond to. Because not every persona is going to care about the same thing. And, and so you can go into... Um, go into a project instead of having a group of people, very intelligent people around the table, all arguing about what they think is right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you can go in with data about what people actually responded to. And you can do this before you have a product built, before you have anything you can demo, you can go into it just when you have an idea and, and, you know, LinkedIn is a fabulous test bed to put your ideas out there and and see what people respond to, see what they're interested in.
1: Yep. I want you to comment on on one last thing. And this is something we discussed before coming into the studio. And that is how spending time on LinkedIn can actually save you time.
0: Yes. So mm. this is a you know, big issue because a lot of executives, especially feel like, you pour money into social media, you have to post, you have to tweet 20 times a day, and they just don't have time for that. But when you do it right, the time you put into LinkedIn pays you dividends. And and one way is the, is the time that uh, you spend in meetings, the quality of the conversations you have in meetings. So when you, and we talked about that a little bit before, but when you prime people before they come into a meeting you have a richer deeper conversation this the the second thing that uh linkedin helps you do is it helps you maintain relationships with more people with less effort so um you know if you are doing relationship building in the real world You know, you have conversations with people over the phone, you meet them uh, for coffee, you meet them at conferences, you write letters or emails, and and that's a one-to-one means. And, you know, realistically, you can only keep relationships alive at, you know, a certain level when you do that, because your time is limited. But when you're on social media, think about it like with Facebook. You know, you are friends. I'm sure on Facebook with people you used to work with, people you went to college with, your former next door neighbors, probably people you went to high school with, or people you were even in elementary school with. And because You've you been are spying on me, <laughs> I heard that. I, I heard that episode too, but. Um, But the, you know, you now know more about those people probably than you did when you saw them every day, you know, where they went to school, you you know, you know, where they went on vacation because you saw the photos, you know? And so LinkedIn is the same thing. Business is built on relationships. And, and so the more people you can keep up to date with what you're working on now, the more people that you can, um, you can share your your news and and your excitement with the the more leverage you have, and and the more um, the more value accrues to you. You can also save time in terms of gathering market intelligence. So, it, you know, we all know that sometimes having one piece of information makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, and it's it. it just one little piece. And so you can use LinkedIn to keep up with competitors, partners, clients, prospects, uh, and employees and, and, and the media, of course. And and when you put that information into your news feed, you have information faster and you have it in in um without filtering. Because if you get your news from the newspaper or from people who work for you who write reports or, you know, any of the other variety of sources, it's been filtered by people who have their own their own perspective. Well, if you're if you've got your finger on the pulse real time you understand things at a deeper level and you put it through your own filter and you'll perceive things that you would not have seen or heard about otherwise.
1: Yep. Yeah. I've, I've seen reporters, uh, hear news about executives migrating. Nobody's returning calls from the company or the executive. So they'll look at the LinkedIn profile and go, ah, they're right. (laughs) (laughs) And the story happens and it's predicated on a profile update that, you know, maybe somebody let loose early uh, or the company didn't want to come out. But the individual said, you know, I'm, I don't work you for you anymore. So here it is. Right. So so it can happen. Judy, thank you so much for coming in.
0: That's my pleasure.
1: It's a lot of fun when it's done right. And this this one is uh, is, is going to be fun to listen to. Uh, I don't listen to all of my shows.
0: Um, well, you were there in the real <laughs> in the real world. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, every now and again, you got, you know, some that are, are worth listening to more than a couple of times. So thank you again for coming in. My guest has been Judy Schram, CEO ProResource, ProResource.com. Look up Judy on LinkedIn. Uh, she can help you with uh, with social, with building that SME platform. And this is not my day job. So can I. Uh, but Judy does some things that I don't do and I'm not gonna. So I'm not gonna do the uh, uh, the test matrix and I'm not gonna do the talent pool. Uh, I'm more concerned with people getting leverage out of their own profiles and helping you know, sales managers turn their teams into uh, an exponential outreach unit. So if you need help there, drop me a line, mark federaldirect.net. And thank you very much for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off-Center, sponsored by General Dynamics Information Technology. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Amtower Off-Center, only on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com.